This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey. It's a show about the most interesting people and stories of Mississippi. Hey, today our guest is motivational speaker, Jackson native, and author, Tommy Mabry. Yeah, we'll catch up with him to see what he's been up to and talk about his latest projects. And we'll also chat with the, about the latest headlines in the weekend roundup. Hey, you can be part of the show. Give us a call anytime, 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can email me at marshall at mpbonline.org. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio, and we'll be right back after the news. Listening to Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey on MPB Think Radio. You're listening to Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1 877 MPB Ring. That's 877 672 7464. Or email marshall at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. Happy Monday. Uh, winter apparently is like that guest when you go to the party and you're throwing the party and you got that one guest that will not leave. That is what winter is right now because it is cold out there. But that's okay because it's going to be 119 degrees by the end of the week probably. So that's <laughs> Mississippi. But uh, a lot of rough weather over the weekend. Hope everybody survived. I got to drive in the middle of it. That was fun. Mississippi State, new narrative a festival up in Starkville, and so guess who was driving in between tornado warnings all the way to Starkville? So you were. It was a good time. So that was that was, and it was my panel was flourish or perish, the future of editorial cartooning, and I said, well, I tried to perish a couple times on the way up here, but I'm going to flourish, and that's my choice. We have got a great show today. We've got a return guest, somebody who I'll be honest with you, um, if you're not inspired by the end of this show, uh, you're dead. Okay, you just need to just go ahead and go the morgue because you have no pulse and you absolutely do not understand that you need to be inspired because Tommy Mabry is here and always glad to see Tommy but dang it's kind of hard to get to see Tommy these days because he's like the busiest man on the planet and you found that out too because here you are trying to get in touch oh, with him yes. yes I'm so used to being personal with my uh, guest which I understand I, I said oh he's a big wig well, he's right here I, so you can talk to him I he can't believe it. I'm surprised it's not Chris sitting here oh, in place but of you him know what? That's what you, you need a good <laughs> you do gatekeeping a good gatekeeper, and Chris is an awesome gatekeeper. Is, I want to throw is. that out there as well. But anyway, I'm glad he's here and look forward to talking to him in just a second as well. Uh, today, I get the honor of emceeing the Give Awards, and you're probably thinking you're so What Marshall, are the Give Awards? It's the Governor's mm-hmm. Initiative for Volunteer Excellence Awards. So you get to hobnob with the governor today. I get to sit at the table with him. I'm sure I'm sure he's going to talk about all those cartoons that I've drawn and how much he loves them because he loves my cartoons. Don't you need security today? Well, at least a food taster, <laughs> nothing else. So, But, uh, yeah, no, it's always good to hang out. And I tell you, really, the bonus of that is I get to hang out with the first lady. Yeah, you like Deborah Bryant's awesome. She, mm-hmm. she really is. And I look forward to catching up with her. But that said, uh, really the stars of the show are the people who win the Give Awards. And I tell you, you start – hearing these stories and and i tell you what because we're always looking for good guests here on now you're talking we're going to bring some of them in they just don't know it yet uh, we're going to get their stories on the air but one of the winners and i'm not going to give too much of the thunder out because obviously the awards have not happened yet he knows he's winning because he's going to be at the ceremony but our own dr rick is, yes. is a winner because you know what the man has made a huge difference in the state for a long time and it's very good to see him getting a little love and a little bit of a trophy today so well they say give people their roses while they're living so well yes that's nice mm-hmm. too and uh i was speaking this is kind of a sad story and i don't know if you saw it or not that they've decided to pull back care from the former first lady barbara bush no she's got well, yeah. she's got copd and, if, and she's just gonna um, and just they're, they're gonna live try her to life. keep her comfortable mm-hmm. and i tell you anybody who knows anything about copd uh, a couple thoughts on that number one my mom had it and that's one of the reasons why she died uh number one if you are thinking about smoking don't 
okay? Because they always say, well, you got to die of something. You don't want to die of COPD. It's a really, really nasty disease. Yeah. And it's one of those things that you have attacks and basically you can't breathe. And then you never really recover from that attack. You just keep going down like a stair step yeah. on the way down. So at this point, it sounds like she's toward the end of her life. She's got congestive heart failure on top of it, which means her lungs really aren't working well. So, um, but it's heartbreaking because she's lived a long life and I mean, she's 92. She and her husband have been married. Of course, George H.W. Bush has been married a long time and uh, had a really solid marriage. And so wish her well, wish the family well. I know this is a tough time for them. But, yeah, that, that came out over the weekend. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer. So, Alma, If you look at it that way, I look at it on the other side. Um, you don't want – so no one wants to live the end of their lives with tubes and, and – Breath, you know, um, well, no, breathing. I mean, I think she's doing the right thing. Right. But obviously, we had mom on hospice. Right. And one of the things they, they do, because you get this sensation you're drowning. And so they give you narcotics and to help ease you, ease your anxiety and so mm. forth. And so, I, I mean, I can sit there and tell you exactly what's going to happen, and I won't do that. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, no, I'm very glad that mm-hmm. they're doing the right thing on keeping her calm and comfortable. I'm just saying COPD is a very difficult right. disease. And if you do smoke, seriously, and if you think you've got to die of something, like I said, you don't want to go that way. No. It's, just, it's just if there are other ways of self-medicating, I suppose, um, eat a candy bar. That might do you some good. I don't know. But <laughs> definitely uh, quit smoking if you get the chance. You had a good weekend, I take it? I did. I had a busy weekend, actually. Um, had a new business endeavor that happened Friday. I'm excited about that. Won't talk about it right now. Uh, and finished five assignments. So that's the biggest thing. Yeah, because uh, you're coming up toward the end of the semester. End of the semester. And I must say, we talked about earlier, I did procrastinate a little bit this semester, which I normally don't do on assignments. But um, these larger assignments I had due, I waited to the last minute. But I've, I bust them out this weekend. I'm excited about that. And uh present some um, PowerPoints this evening in class. But I want to give a shout out to every woman and man and parent that's in graduate school right now because it is a lot. I've been, this is my third year and my program is three years and going to school, being a parent, PTA parent at that, um, studying and helping your eighth grader with their homework. I mean, it is crazy. Uh, I I have nothing but admiration and love for what you're doing. I I really do look up to you for doing that because I'm about to start that. Yeah, (laughs) you said that. Yeah, because you've, you've been a role model and I said, you know, Oh. I would be just like Michelle. No, you're funny. But anyway. Well, no, I'm serious. Well, that's good. Kind of in a way. Going back to school, you know, like I said, a lot of my colleagues say I don't envy you at all. When I, when I say I can't talk, I'm studying or I'm going over No, but here's paper. the thing. you got a dream, yeah. and you have the courage to yeah. pursue that dream. And you want, <laughs> speaking of dreams, segue into our guest today. Oh, uh, I oh want, this guy. He's yeah. going to talk about. You can have dreams, but it takes work as well. You can't yeah. just have a dream with no work. You actually have to put the work in. You have to do the things that are necessary to make that dream come true. And that's what Tommy's going to talk right, about today. I tell you today. what, Tommy can say this a lot more mm-hmm. eloquently than I can. And, of course, we're going to bring him in and talk about yeah. it. But, you know, you procrastinated to do that stuff. But there's so many times that there are things that we're kind of afraid to do. Mm-hmm. And the greatest thing that you can do is attack it head on. Mm-hmm. Because if you just sit there and wait till the last minute to do it, you're not mm-hmm. going to do your best work. No. And, and you're it's going to be rushed. And it's going to eat you alive. Because mm-hmm. it, believe it or not, when you attack your to-do list, when you attack things you have to do, you have more energy at the end of the day. And it seems counterintuitive. You're thinking, well, I need to rest up. <laughs> so it's kind of like me this weekend. I ran 20 miles. Didn't want to do it. Got up at 3 o'clock in the morning on Sunday and did it. But I did it because I got a marathon in three weeks. And you and felt it, better, didn't you, after oh, you no, did I it? Oh, no, I felt horrible. <laughs> but no, I'm just kidding. I actually felt good that I got it completed. Right, that's what I mean. Right, mm-hmm. right. Because I know I'm going to do, do fine in three weeks when I run the marathon. So, And I want to give, like I said, a shout-out to my friends running the Boston Marathon today. Apparently, it's like a monsoon up there with like a zillion mile an hour winds. So God bless them. And we pray for them uh, for their safety. Yeah, it's been five years mm-hmm. since the bombing. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. They went by quick. Yeah, but you know what? We, as Americans, as people, as humans, we move on, we heal, yeah. and we get better. Yeah, That's you knocked us do. down, but you know what? Our story's about how we got back <laughs> exactly. up. Exactly. That's, That's the history of uh, humanity. Especially Boston, too. <laughs> that place is tough as nails exactly. as well. All right, why don't we take a break, yep. and we'll get Tommy on, because really, Tommy's a lot more interesting than, than I am <laughs> any day more. of the week. Way oh, more. Way no. more. <laughs> Wait a minute. Where's the button? How can I turn you off? There we go. All right. Well, anyway, we're going to come back in just a second. Tommy Mabry's going to be joining us, and like I said, if you're not inspired by the end of this hour, you need a pulse. Check it. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio.
An evening of jazz can be just what the doctor ordered. Join me, Meredith Michelle, with WJSU's Evening Jazz, 7 to 10 weeknights on MPB Music Radio. You're listening to Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. Happy Monday. Hope you're enjoying it out there. Well, I tell you what, like I said, if your guest today cannot motivate you to do something, well, I really have no clue who can. We welcome to CEO, author, motivational speaker, Tommy, Tommy Mabry's to the show. Tommy, I'll be honest with you. Um, I'm not even sure that list is long enough. I need to keep adding <laughs> stuff to you. You are so busy these days. And it's been two years since you've been on the show. And you were starting to take off. You were like on the runway and your front wheels were off the ground and the back wheels are starting to get off the ground. I mean, you're about 30,000 feet right now. Wow, it's been a pleasure. Yeah. I got to thank God for that. It's been a real pleasure. Amen. Amen. And, you know, I, I've always said if you're helping other people, then you're going to get everything you want sort of thing. And, I mean, it's not that you're doing it because you want other things, but it's like blessings are starting to pour in on you, aren't they? And it's, it's mainly because I know that it's not work. It's right. not considered work. And I know that this is the mission. Right. God put me on. So every day I wake up is a blessing to be to be that person to these kids. Like, yeah. I don't take it for granted. Right. Exactly. And uh, you, of course, we talk about author. You just handed me your and we're going to talk about your projects and everything, too. But you just handed me your 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 children's book and, of course, written by you. And it's illustrated by Eric Page and says, if Tommy can do it, we can do it. Right. Tommy, this thing's strong. Yes, it really sir. is. It's, it's strong. The response I've been getting from it is amazing. Yeah. And just to give a breakdown of the book. Sure. Of course, I wrote my first book. And I must get into the story first to lead to the first of book, if you don't mind. Oh, no. I come from a family of six, mm-hmm. total of eight in the house. No one in my family ever finished high school. Wow. My mom and dad didn't finish middle school. I was kicked out of 10 schools growing up. And I thought it was smart to be dumb and dumb to be smart. Where I come from... If you have a book bag on, you consider lame. Right. If you pull your pants up, you consider lame. If you don't talk the way that my neighborhood talk, it's all about fighting for acceptance. Right. And I come from that environment where we didn't say yes, sir, and yes, ma'am, and we didn't talk about school. We didn't talk about college. And it's exposure is what you expose your kids around. I love my community, but my community didn't show me what success looked like. So I was going off of my street knowledge. I thought getting the tattoos and the gold teeth. I got a, over 70 tattoos. I have a body full. Which are pretty awesome, by the way, I might add. Right. I mean, radio doesn't do them justice. <laughs> and, and it's just thinking that this is the way to live. And right. if you want somebody to see something different, if you want a child to see something different, you got to expose them to different things because they're compromised. Right. So I didn't know it was life outside of my environment. I was just the guy in Jackson that was destructive. First right. time I got locked up, I was in the fifth grade breaking in the state fairground. The judge looked at me and said, in five years, you'll be dead or locked up. And if you make it past 18 in my neighborhood, really you blessed. When the judge said that to you, did that resonate with you? Did you sit there and say, I, I need to change my life, or did you just go on to the next thing? I thought he was right. Really? <laughs> I, didn't, yeah. I didn't think that the limitations that that put on me, Yeah, it was what I was thinking anyway. So right. I didn't have a dream. I didn't have goals. And when I heard you all talking about dreams <laughs> before we started and you all mentioned procrastination and I always tell people there's no such thing as procrastination it's just not important so if you people make time for what's important to them if I told you if if I was giving you a million dollars this morning if you meet me at the radio station at eight o'clock on the dot everything stops like yeah, I'm going to be there probably at 7.50. I would be there early, yes. Because it's important to you. Yeah. So when you find out the things that's important to you, we find ways to get that done. Like you got to eat. It's essential to the soul. You got to eat. You want to make sure there's a certain amount of time can't go by without you eating. So I put all of my dreams, my goals, and everything up front. They don't sit in the back of my mind. So it's important to me to do these things. And once you put that in line and you realize what's important to you, you'll get it done. That's right. You just, like I mentioned earlier, you just attack it. Right. You go so, head on. But I mean, seriously, when that judge said that to you, here you had a guy, an authority figure that just confirmed every bad thing you ever thought about yourself. Right. How did you break past that? And I was actually in the fifth grade. Yeah. And he looked at me like, man, you probably the youngest in the yeah. jail system right now. Like, 
I didn't think, I thought what he said to me was reality. Right. And when I left, I can remember my dad saying, man, is this how you want to spend the rest of your life? Because my dad had went through the jail system growing up. So I was used to seeing that in my community. So I made it to middle school and I'm still having this thing in the back of my head, what he said about me. So I repeated eighth grade. I was always getting in trouble. I went to three middle schools. I was kicked out of three middle schools. So I, school wasn't my route. Right. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't want to do that. Only thing I could do was play basketball. And I tell kids around the country. Because you're a tall guy. I'm 6'4". Yeah, you're a tall guy. Basketball was that. I was that love for that sport. It attached me with something, and it made me want to wake up every morning to do that because that was the thing that I did better than everything. Right. I didn't want to go to school. Right. I didn't want to do nothing but play basketball, and then I, I became real good. I was traveling the country. I was seeing stuff outside of my neighborhood. That's mm-hmm. that exposure. Yeah, I was coming back to the neighborhood telling my guys, and I just drove. I would, We just flew to Vegas, and nobody in my neighborhood ever got on a plane in me neither. <laughs> And I was sitting in the hotel with these um, guys that saw me in the NBA now. I was sitting in the hotel, and they were telling me, man, I'm going to play for Kentucky. I'm going to play for Duke. Like, man, y'all talking about going to college? Like, I, <laughs> college not my route. I don't even know that life because i never seen it done before. So when people set limitations on me, I thought college couldn't be me because I had tattoos. I had permanent gold teeth at the time, and this was middle school. Yeah. I'm like, I'm I'm not smart. I'm not good for that. And being around different people that dream different, and that's the thing, to get in a better shape, you got to get out of the circle you in. Right. In order to get something you have never had, you got to do something you have never did and become a person you have never been. I've always told my kids that, and I've got three boys, I've always told them that they're the sum of their five closest friends. Mm-hmm. Right. That sounds like that's the case. You show it? me your crowd, I'll show you your future. Yeah. And Tommy, that's what I wanted to ask you. What and who, was it one person or was it a group that actually showed you something different? I know you were being quoted to saying, as saying you were scared to dream. Right, I was. And the, and the thing is, it was it was God because what God did for me, he eliminated people that needed to be out of my life that I didn't know he was doing until I got older. Yeah. He was bringing people around me and at the times that I need them the most. Um, I look at it like this. God is the main source and the people around you are the resources. And you get that confused. Sometimes you start depending on the resources to get you to the places and you pray first. And then he direct the people. He brought Shokwe Lumumba around my life before he died. He took me on the road with him to play basketball and other coaches and other guys that came along that was positive role models. I'm not giving them the credit and saying that they was the reason I'm doing what I'm doing, but they played an important impact into my life. So they let you see another thought process right. that yeah. you see positive role models in right. your life. And, and right. that's something that I know. I, I know how far one can go and and I know how important it is for me to get up I can be speaking, and my mindset is if I reach one in there, I know how important it is to just don't focus on the the crowd. Just think about if one person hear you and one person hear your story. So that's why I take that. I don't take that for granted. Well, it sounds like you know, and and a lot of times people are probably sitting there listening right now. Well, well, Tommy, I'm I'm in a mess, and. How can I, is there a moment that you consider that there was like an epiphany? You're like, my life's suddenly going to change? Or was it just a constant exposure to people that, like you're doing right now, changed your life by giving you a role model? Was it something that happened over time? When I, of course, I was ranked in the country playing basketball. All all the teachers would tell me, you need a backup plan just in case basketball don't work. And at the time, I'm like, no, I'm playing basketball. I might go to the NBA. I saw Monte Ellis do it. And he grew up in my environment. I'm saying, like, wait a minute now. Now I'm seeing examples. Yeah. And that's what it's about. Now I'm seeing examples from where I'm from. You could tell me all day, but now I'm starting to see it. And I got shot my senior year in high school. I saw that. You've got a list on your website of all these things that happen to you every year. And I'm just, like, going, the fact that we're talking to each other is a miracle. Every year something did happen. Yeah. Drastic. Yeah. I was ranked in the country. I had colleges actually flying down to see me. And I got shot at... 10 o'clock, second period. I skipped school. What Thinking happened? Just something as simple as walking out the door of the school, and at 10 o'clock, I had a bullet in my foot. Freak accident. Yeah. And in the way that I look at life now, I don't take nothing from my past, and I don't regret it because 
if that bullet hadn't came, yeah, who could say that I would be doing the things that I'm doing now because my life was all about basketball. Right. If that bullet would have never hit me, I probably wouldn't have been on this route that I'm on, so I don't take nothing from it. My past is what made my future. I looked at that incident because all the guys I was hanging with, some was dying. I had guys that's doing life sentences. And I'm like, why is it still me that's living? Like, But that bullet did something to me because the doctor told me I'll never play basketball again. So you took that thing away from me that I wake up to do every morning. And I'm sitting on the hospital bed, and they showed me the x-rays. They said, man, you'll never move that foot properly again. Really? And I'm like, I don't, I don't do nothing else. You just took something away from me. I took something away from myself. See, it takes a, a lifetime to build a brand. It takes years to build brands. It take, But it takes one second to destroy it. It took me an hour to destroy everything that I work for. So that's why I know how important the one minute means. The one minute. Let me ask you about that because there are people, and I've had people I've worked with, and I've had this happen in my whole life, where they'll walk you into an office and they'll fire you, and suddenly your whole identity is your job wow. is gone. And then, wow. and but you, I mean, you had this strength to sit there and say, "Oh no, I got to get up out of this bed and I got to make something new happen." How did you find that strength? Sacrifices. I was um. Growth come from uncomfortableness. Right. If it don't challenge you, it don't change you. Amen. And with that said, I would sit on that bed and I would dream that the bullet hit my chest instead of my foot yeah. and not being able to play basketball. But I told you in order to get something you have never had, you got to do something you have never done and become a person you have never been. And the hardest thing in my life was sacrificing my friendships, yeah. being able to tell those guys that have watched me growing up that I can't no longer be with you all. It's hard to tell that, but it's necessary. So, I made the decision right then because I said I've hit rock bottom. I have I don't have nothing else going for myself. Like I'm I'm not good in school. I got a one point eight in high school. I didn't care about school. Right. But it forced me when I couldn't play basketball, it forced me to start dreaming and think of something different. But but like I said, God did that for me. He took and it's similar to this. He gave everybody on this earth purpose and and you gotta find that. He gave you purpose. In the Bible, say, I formed you in the womb. I set you apart. That means I got something inside of me that, that's great, yeah. but I can never find it around certain people. Right. So I said, man, if he can get me back on the court, I'll never make those mistakes again. <laughs> and I was blessed to get back on the court. Got a full scholarship to play at Missouri State, but I had a 1.8. <laughs> and I'm like, man, I'd do anything to get my GPA to a 2.0. So I can play. They said Missouri State was like, you know, we'll pay for you to come to summer school. You take two courses, pass them. You can probably be at a 2.0. I left Jackson. And from that day forward, I have accomplished some amazing things and didn't even know I was great enough to do that. So it's been a blessing. You know, you talk about that, having to, had to, having to let go of friends and everything else. Because like you said, that was the key thing of your neighborhood. It was acceptance. Right. And, and you were walking away from that. Fighting for that. Yeah. Fighting for acceptance. and. That's the hardest thing ever is to get out of your comfort zone. But I tell kids and I tell grown-ups, you got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah. What what makes you uncomfortable? You have to get comfortable doing that. That means what makes me uncomfortable? Pulling my pants up, saying yes, sir, going to class, being an educator, like studying. I got to now routine my mind to doing that and yeah. feel comfortable doing it. And that was where the growth became. I went from a 1.8. I graduated from college. Yeah. I got my. I just got my master's in May 2017. All right, there we go. <laughs> and you were, let's say this, you were Mr. Tugaloo. Mr. Tugaloo, that's Mr. right. Mr. Yeah. that is not easy. And, and Tugaloo is a very competitive college. <laughs> and that's funny because when I made it to Tugaloo College, a lot of people didn't know what I stood for. They saw the tattoos. They saw the goals. They was like, this guy running for Mr. Tugaloo. But I said, I set out at that point to prove everybody that I was great. So, I won Mr. Tugaloo. That was like the best day of my life because I represent a college now that I was told I couldn't go to. People said, Tommy, right. you'll work at McDonald's, Burger King. No disrespect to none of those jobs. I, I'm not talking about this in a bad way, but I never had a McDonald's job a day in my life because that's the limitations people said with tattoos on your body. You're going to do this and that. My only jobs has been in my career. I'm a best-selling author of two books. I got a master's degree in child development. I started my PhD soon. I was appointed by the mayor. 
Um, in 2012, I was appointed by the mayor. I went back to the school system that kicked me out. Kicked 10 you out, times, and they let you back in. Became a teacher at that school. Yeah. So just to show that it's not an exploration date on success, I messed up. And you're and, wearing a shirt with your logo on it. And I'm the CEO of my company. Exactly. <laughs> so I I stand for hope. I stand for um a dream. I yeah. stand behind it. And I know it's kids around the world that's facing. I travel every day. To go in places like Lexington County, yeah, Holmes County. I mean, I love Lexington. I love those people that they are sweet, they are kind. But to see that they don't get to see, yeah, what a lot of places get to see. I had kids that tell me, "Man, your story, your life, do something to me. I never seen this in my environment." And I had kids saying, "We never been to Jackson before." I'm like, "Wow, just forty miles down the road." So that's all yeah. you know is your environment, right? They say it takes a village to raise a child, but what if the village corrupt? We're talking with Tommy Mabry, and we're going to continue this conversation a little bit and talk a little bit. And that's, I mean, seriously, Tommy, that's why the book, If Tommy Can Do It, We Can Do It, is so important. We'll talk about that and, of course, your other book as well and a lot of good things, too. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio. You're listening to Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. We're talking with author and motivational speaker Tommy Mabry, and I hope you've caught the first segment of the show because, honestly, uh, his life has been amazing, and really I'm glad he's on today. And, of course, if you want to be part of the conversation, you can give us a call at 877-672-7464. Tommy, like I, I mentioned, if Tommy can do it, we can do it. So the book, of course, it's a children's book, and it is real. Right. I mean, that's the. I was trying to think of what compliment I could use for it. Number one's got a coloring book in it, which I think is <laughs> cool because I like to color, obviously. Um, if I'm a kid and I'm growing up, like you said, in Lexington, or I'm growing up in Jackson, or I'm growing up someplace where I've never seen the world outside of it, and I open up this book, this is this is real. Right. It is. And my first book was a dark journey to a life future. That's the book that won a lot of awards. It was yeah. sixth grade through twelfth in adult read. And then one day I was in Atlanta speaking, and to me, information changed situations. Yeah. And what I mean by that, I was doing a book signing, and a little kid walked up to me and said, I want to be just like you when I grow up. And I almost wow. cried because I'm like, yeah. oh, you for real? Yeah. He said, but I want to also read your book, but I'm too young to read the information. I'm like, wait a minute. First, I just missed the sale. Yeah. <laughs> and not only that, I'm like, you're right, because my problems started in K through five. Yeah. That's why I went and got a master's in early childhood. My The majority of my problems started K through five. So I said, if I can catch kids where they are and we start with the younger generation, we got a better chance. So I said, we can't miss K through five. So what I did was I turned my book into a children's book, and it has been phenomenal. I've had superintendents across the country to say, man, that that book is so real life for our students, and they read it. They they right. they they actually do book reports on. There's a lesson plan to it, and I said, this is this something. So yeah. what I did was the the human mascot. I have a um a personal character, little tummy. Mm-hmm. It's, it's similar to your Dora's or your Barney. It's the the character from the book. And his name, Little Tommy, is the exact as me. And kids love it. They gravitate towards it because they see themselves in my story. So that has been phenomenal. You've had TV people coming and trying to throw money at you and everything yeah. else. So, I mean, there's obviously something to this. My my Little Tommy character has been so great. It's getting national attention. Um, I had a, a rep come to me and say, you know, you probably have the new Barney concept yeah. for the urban community. And And I'm not saying that. Little Tommy is only for urban kids. Right. Like, but it no disrespect to Spider-Man, Superman. Right. But what my kids need is something real, 
a real life story, a real platform behind that story so they can grow. And Lil Tommy give them the four Bs, be confident, be determined, be motivated, and be yourself. They can look at Lil Tommy, and they always tell Lil Tommy when I come to the schools with them, if Tommy can do it, we can do it, and they believe it. Yeah. And if you want to save our communities, you want to routine our young kids, you got to give them something real. Give them something that they see. I had a pastor to tell me one time, he said, how do we get our kids to come to church? How we get that urban community to go to church? He said, because it's hard getting them inside. I said, you got to send somebody that look like them. Right. Because you can't go. They see that a lot. They hear that a lot. But when you see, when they see people that look like them and talk like them and speak the language, send them. And they'll be the person that can relate the message because you can't. Why you think rappers get kids to, to follow behind them? Yeah. It's not a coincidence that a rapper can get you to put tattoos on your face, can make them, because what the kids do, they they, they see themselves inside of what the rappers talk about. Right. The rappers also got the platform to make you do otherwise. So I said, you know, I've been a leader my whole life. I know I can, I know kids gravitate to me. So if I give them a positive message and something to attach themselves to with the character, oh, it's been getting national attention they want to get my creative rights to it. No, yeah, track. that's the thing. It's like, hmm. And, and the thing is, my first book, I've turned down one movie director just this month that want to take the my, my first book and do a movie with Really? It. But I'm waiting on the right the right company the to, right to do it. And I'm also looking to, I'm looking for the great opportunities for my character and for the, the movie book. So I see what God do with it. But that, my mascot He's been he's been blowing up. So hey, Tommy, we just had a call, and while while he called, you were talking about it. I said, uh, Frank, thank you for calling in, Frank. <laughs> he's about to talk about Little Tommy. He called and said, "Tell uh, tell Tommy to talk about Little Tommy." I said, "He's doing it now." Yeah. <laughs> so hang up the phone and listen to it. But yeah. uh, I saw a clip on YouTube. You were hugging. A, I mean, put me in tears. Or it was on Instagram. Wow. Uh, I've been since I realized I wanted you on the show. I've been following you for about three weeks now. Um, you don't need security. I'm not a stalker. But, no, uh, you, no, no. <laughs> but um, you inspire. You you stand for everything I stand for. Everything. Wow. And and you're doing what I want to do on a female level for girls. You're doing the same thing what I want to do. Well, I've been listening to you for a while now. Like when they when when my company reached out to me, yeah. I told them make sure you tell. I said, hey, because I've listened to you for a while. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> but you were hugging a little boy, and wow. I don't want to tear up. He knows I cry a lot. Okay, and you said uh, you held him in your arms, and he was crying in your arms, and you said that he has never. He told you that he's never had a male figure to tell him he loved him. Wow. That was so inspirational to me. The things that you do, the testimonies that are on your uh, website, the lives that you change just by telling your truth. And truth is important. That's what I love. When you tell your truth, it changes lives. It penetrates everything that something else might have for you. It penetrates that. And that's what you stand for. But what I loved is that what's the most amazing thing that you've seen in your uh, touring and everything? That was one of them. The the young man in California school, school district, I was doing a California tour, and he had been through so much. His mom passed. He was staying with an aunt. They had already criticized him, said he'll be a street person the rest of his life. And when I left, he came, he wanted to speak to me afterwards. He said, man, you everything to me. He said, I didn't know I can dream until now. He said, your life made me dream. And I and I grabbed him and I, I comforted him. I grabbed him tight and I said, man, don't never let people set limits for you. And I said, man, I love you. He broke down. He said, man, I have never in my life heard a male figure to tell me that he loved me. Matter of fact, he said, I... My mom never told me love. He said, but for you to be a man, and then he told me back. He said, and he, but he was crying at that point. He broke down. He said, man, I love you. And I followed up with the guy, and he just got his degree. And, oh, I mean, he got wow. his high school diploma. Yeah. And he was not on track to do it. So another thing a, a young man in Atlanta told me, I was his Martin Luther King. Yeah. And that broke me because I said, man, you what you mean by that? He said, now I can dream. And, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. My job is done. It makes you get out of bed yeah. every morning. Make me get out of bed because you're paying a blessing that you got earlier when you were young like that right. forward. And I wish somebody was there at that age to tell me, man, I'm not. I don't get inspired by too much, yeah. but I get inspired by a lot. If that makes sense, right? But when you tell me real stories, 
and I and I see that, and I see where you come from. You can give kids book bag drives. You can do turkey drives. You can do all the above. But if you can't give me some reasoning skills and give me something to take back, you're going to still lose me. But giving a kid hope, the best thing you can give a kid is hope and, and vision. Yep. Because now you got kids that wake up to to do nothing, and they and I tell you what, Tommy, um, they may not have a good strong male role model in their life. Right. And you walked into it just like your coaches and just like the former mayor did. Th- how it changed your life like that? Right. I'm a father to them. Yeah. I'm a brother to them. They call me a motivational speaker, but to me, right. I connect. Right. Now you see why you got shot in your foot. I love yeah, that story. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. And I didn't know. I read the story, but I didn't know it was your foot that got, you know, I, I knew you said you got shot. But that is <laughs> amazing. I mean, God just actually said, this is what's going to happen. And I'm going to mold him into what he's going to be. And I, that's wonderful. And he said, if you follow me, if you seek me like I asked you to, he said, I'm going to pay you to tell that same story. Yeah. <laughs> and now I got two books and I travel the country doing that. But I was obedient. You know, I, me getting shot in my foot, I, I thank my friend that accidentally shot me. He said, man, you could have probably gone to the NBA have done a lot of things. Yeah. He said, I destroyed that. I said, no, because what you did for me, well, if that hadn't never happened, right. I would have been chasing this basketball, not having nothing. nothing. If you're good at basketball, go get it. Right. Wake up to do it. I, I tell anybody, if you have a dream, you spend the rest of your life chasing it. Wake up every morning to do it. But me getting shot in my foot made me see life different. Right. It's perspective. Now I view stuff different. And if it, it was because of that, like that incident made me this guy. Because that basketball going to stop bouncing one day. Right. But me touching somebody like that guy that told me I, he loved me, he going to remember that for the rest of his life. That means I live when I die. You paid it for. You, you, you're helping other people get further than you are. You're changing right. lives. And it's not about money. <laughs> exactly. Right. So, right, exactly. And that's the thing. Well, like, because you probably would have chased basketball for the for money. For the money. For, for the, the money. money. But, you know, I mean, just think, though, if your foot had been healed perfectly after that and you would have still done basketball, who knows? And Just imagine you would have had that as a platform right. to be able and, to change and I, lives, And too, I played so. four years in college. Yeah. I played college basketball, well, really three years in college, because my senior year, I stopped playing. And people's like, man, why you quit? Yeah, you why'd you start- quit? I started, I was on the team at Tougaloo. I got yeah. a full scholarship. I told the coach, I walked in his office, I said, you know, what's more important to me right now is not basketball. He said, what you mean? He said, you start, everybody come to the game and see you. I said, I'm Mr. Tougaloo now. He said, you want to quit because of that? He's a great coach, nothing right. against him. I said, you look at it as being Mr. Tougaloo. I look at it as being life, a life story for me. I said, this platform that I'm going to use is going to take me for the rest of my life. I said, when I signed up to be Mr. Tougaloo, I said, I'm going to be the male ambassador. I'm going to change lives on campus. I'm going to do all this. Basketball is not – I started to grow out of it. I used basketball to get me to that point. Basketball made me get a free scholarship because you know my story. You know how important it is for me to to make it. I said, but – I'm going to do Mr. Tougaloo this year, and I'm going to focus on graduation. I said, I only need about three courses left, and I can't be on the road playing basketball and studying. Not right now. Everybody else could do that. But only two of us graduated that year that was on that team. And I was like, that means something. That means somebody priorities wasn't straight. You know how much courage to walk in your coach's office and say yeah. the reason you knew the reason why you were at Tougaloo was because of basketball number right, one right. and and what you had inside but to walk in there and say you know what I'm going to focus on studying and graduating and I know that God has something bigger than just basketball for me. Right. You know Michelle's about to say the same exact thing. That's, That's crazy. If it yeah. don't challenge you it don't change you. It t- I mean, I mean just think about how much courage it took to say goodbye to friends which that took right. a lot and then to walk away from something you had wanted from the time you were, you know, I would say this tall, but you were never this tall. You right. were always taller. Um, but that just shows that the good Lord had a mission for you. What's hard is worth going through. Yeah. Um, it, it's the hardest thing in the world is to make those kind of sacrifices. Yeah. And you and, I, you and I were talking a little bit off the air. Um, and Aristotle has a great quote. Jocko Williams, who was a former Navy SEAL, talks about it a lot too. Discipline is freedom. Right. And by you having that kind of discipline, you were, you were made free. And that discipline is what wake me up every morning. Yeah. I get up every morning with the same dream. What like time you get up every day? Around five. Yeah. Okay. I meditate. I pray. Yeah. I read. Now I'm, I'm a great reader now. Like I read books every day now. Did you teach yourself? 
kind of. Yeah. My my book was the, one of the first books I actually finished reading. Really? Like, <laughs> well, you knew the you knew the ending. Yeah, I knew the ending, <laughs> but just to go back and say like, man, this. I remember when I first told people when I first published the book, they was like, Tommy Arthur, you are like, no way, this guy. I hated English growing up. Like I flunked it my entire life. Right. I had a one point eight. <laughs> But you never know how strong you are until you apply yourself. Yeah. When you put your priorities mm-hmm. first, you can accomplish anything. You, you talked about in um, one of your passages, passages that you wanted to write, but you wanted to be a rapper, too, but you yeah. couldn't rap. <laughs> yeah, so did. you said, uh, how can I share my story without rapping? Oh, that's you, how you. you good. Yeah. That's yeah. how you started. You said, I'm going to write a book. Yeah. Instead of putting it in rhymes, I'll just do it in a book. That was very smart. Like, I, I suck as a rapper. Like, <laughs> See, but you were smart enough to realize that. Because yeah. some I, people don't. Ooh, they don't. Yeah. They don't. They don't. I suck as a rapper. Like, yeah. I, I can't rap. I didn't even, I wanted to. I could rap your words. Yeah. That's how I knew I was smart. Right. And, I, and I tell kids that. I'm glad you brought that mm-hmm. up. I tell kids every day, you know what it takes to go in a, rap, a booth and write? To do one song, it takes. This I knew I was intelligent. I had a 1.8. To go in a booth and start writing a song, that's 60 sheets of notebook paper to yeah. do one. But to do 21 songs, it takes like 10 notebooks. You learn what a guy wrote in a whole week. Sometimes it takes me two or three days to learn a whole song. <laughs> yeah. That is intelligence mm-hmm. to be able to recite. I said, but you, the teacher been teaching this math formula the whole year. <laughs> she, matter of fact, they sent the books home with you. You couldn't even get the first chapter. You couldn't even do an open book. Why? It's the law of attraction. Mm-hmm. It's what a person thinking in his heart. You right. show me, you show me your crowd. I show you a future. It goes back to what you to. said about procrastination. <laughs> right. It's what you want to be doing. And look, guys, I was at a teen party Friday night, hosting a teen party Friday night. The entire. 300, I think, kids in that place knew every word yeah. of every oh, yeah. song. And you know I had to say it. On the mic, I said, I hope everybody in here is making A's and B's because you guys just quoted, recited every song that right. the DJ played. So, like you said, it's what they gravitate towards. So if we started putting, uh, I know all the educators can't do it, but making it more in- inviting for the students. Right. Something, we're still teaching them things that they need to learn, but in a different package. That's kids, what it's Kids saying. need to be, you know, and this is human nature. People don't want to be educated. They want to be entertained. That's the key. Yeah. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. That's important. And that's what my book do. When you right. start reading and you're oh, like, yeah. oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I love this. I love that. But now when I, when I, when you break that down to kids, yeah. then they realize like, wait a minute, you're right. I, I don't just know this guy first CD. I know all his CDs. <laughs> yep. That's a lot of books you learn. Yeah. That's how you know you're intelligent. Right. But it's the law of attraction. You focus on the street so much, you'll become it. Right. It's what you focus on. That's the key word. What do you focus on? That's what you become. And once you get that, think about that. When you wake up in the morning, what's your first focus? If you wake up in the morning and say, oh, my day already going bad. Like you done already put Amen. something bad on your day. You gave it to the atmosphere. Yep. So... That's so, how I look at it. you got to tell your own story. Yes. And it's got to yes. make it a good story. You and we're going to continue that. with your story because it is an amazing story. Tommy Mabry is with us. We're going to take a quick break. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. There's an answer If you reach into your soul And the sorrow that you know Will melt away standing member of MPB Think Radio. We appreciate your support of our programs. To become a sustainer, go to mpbonline.org. You're listening to Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey on MPB Think Radio. All right, welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. I I hope you have caught the earlier part of the show because we're talking with author, CEO, educator, Motivational speaker, children's book author, 
Uh, can't rap. Can't rap. Can't rap. <laughs> but he can do about everything else. Tommy Mabry's in the house. Uh, of course, you're CEO of your own company, the Tommy Mabry Company. I think this is a good point to ask, what does the future bring for you? Because um, it's very bright. Right. And you're doing a lot of speaking, doing a lot of traveling. You obviously have people now, so right. that's good, that are help managing your schedule. Because I can tell you that from firsthand experience. <laughs> that can get crazy. That's important. Where are you going from here? Well, right now, my focus is whatever um, God has for me. Yeah. But one of my main focuses right now is reaching these communities that that need answers, reaching right. these kids that a lot of people can't. I'm doing a lot of professional developments at schools that deal with at-risk students. Yeah. I have a big conference coming up in Atlanta soon that I'm training superintendents, principal school system. Yeah. It's funny how they didn't listen to me in school. They called me. They say they got, I got in trouble for talking. Now I get paid to talk. Like I used all of that. Yeah. The stuff that I knew in the school system. But my my tummy, little tummy character, I want to really make it a household name. I want yeah. kids, I want to make that the new cliff for the big red dog or the fat Alberts, the 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 Barneys. I want to put a twist on it that kids could really see themselves being successful. Right. And, and I want that to be that real new big thing for the kids. And, you know, the movie deal to my first book, I'm still pending that like i'm waiting on that right part. i wish somebody from mississippi that know this culture yeah. would grab it like a tate taylor Lou, if i can get a tate taylor to come in and, and help me with it but whoever god bring my way to make both of those projects work and in the meantime i'm keep building keep going to these environments saving these kids at least trying to you use social media a lot how do you have what what effect do you feel like that that does, and what what do you how do you that's, use social media? That's where the kids at. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and and social media plays a big part in our growth. Um, what we show our kids on social media is more important because if we know that social media have our kids' attention, that's a big statement. Right. That means be careful what you put on there. Right. So I I want to use that social media platform to show them some positive because. Coming from where I come from, I always see my kind of person portrayed wrong. And and I want to show, yeah, you can you can look this way. You can come from this environment. That don't mean you're not intelligent. Right. That don't mean that you can't make it. But I want to show them something different through the movie and through Little Tummy. I want to show them there's somebody who come from the same environment as you, look exactly as you, like you. You don't have excuse not to succeed. Exactly. I just, matter of fact, I limit everybody's excuses. I, I got a master's, man. Child, <laughs> I, I'm starting my PhD. Not saying I want to use it. I I went to school to get a master's, and a lady asked me. She said, "But you're not in the school system. Like you went to school to get a ma- like why?" I said, "Because my master's wasn't for me. Right. <laughs> it well, wasn't just because for- you're uh, just because you're not in school doesn't mean you're not a teacher. Right. I, I wanted to show you possibilities. Right. I went to do. I got my master's for everybody. That's right. that's the kids' degree. I I just went for them. That's the kids' degree. When I get my PhD, that is for the kids. That's for people under me. See, I don't work for my first name. My first name is Tommy. That that means self-driven. That's yeah. that's the thing. I work for my last name. Why is that important? My kids got my last name. My wife got my last name. I work for Mabry. You do work a lot because you have two very young kids. Yeah, my, like my one daughters. They and they they both share. Oh, they want you want to keep some of them. I got three boys myself, man. I can barely feed them, all right? I love my kids. I, I yeah. love them. But they, they got something that's so important, that reputation that come behind Mabry. Yeah. When you hear Mabry, I want people to say, oh, I know your dad. I know the things that he do. Like, let me open you up to some resources. Let me. I don't want you to look at my daughter like, tell me your dad. Yeah. Like, But I'm building something. It's not about me. Right. I want kids to know that. When you see Tommy Mabry, when I leave this radio station, you don't know I was here. Like, I take every minute serious. Have you ever talked to that judge? I, I haven't been able to. Oh, you need, but to, get once in, I, you need to get in touch with when him. When I get in touch with him, yeah. I'm not going to brag about it. No, just say, hey, look, I made it. I made it. Yeah. <laughs> look, it's just that simple. Look, I made it. I made it. I made it. And I use that everywhere I go. That yeah. judge told me that in five years I'd be dead or locked up, and I've accomplished way more. Before I was, I'm just 30. I just turned 30. Before I was 30, I had a master's degree. I had oh, I have two degrees, two books. I bought a house. I got a wife. I got two kids. I was appointed by the mayor. I was the director of enrollment at Tougaloo. I was the CEO of my company. 
and I would, and I'm just 30. So imagine if I keep putting. Oh, that by work the time in, you're 40, you're going to be like on top I of the world. I plan on it. I, I plan on doing some amazing. You things. get old like me, man. I'm going to be working for you. <laughs> <laughs> I love your work too, though. I followed your work. I, I love the things you're doing also. And I and it's always I love this place. Like I yeah. love Mississippi. Isn't so. it great? I mean, like I said, I can bump into somebody like you and then walk away totally inspired. I don't think a lot of places we live we'd ever get to meet probably, but this is what's so beautiful about living here. I love and we get it. to meet Michelle. Oh, of I, course. I've been following her work. Oh yeah, I I, I would have loved it if you just said this because I get this all the time. I used to read your cartoons in kindergarten. You know, it's like shut up. I don't. See, want, I, I don't want to hear that. I'm the wrong person because I didn't care about reading, writing. No, no, no. You could said that. You could have said that, Michelle. I used to listen to you when I was in elementary school. That would have just completely made her head blow up. That would have been fun. She grabbed the microphone. It, it would have made me feel I'm, like my age, but you know what? I made her talk. <laughs> but I love it. Tommy, I just want to, before we get out of here, I just want to thank you for coming in today. And, and I know people were inspired by what you said and your story. And you're going to continue to do great things it's all nice. over the world. That movie deal, like you said, I like what you said. God is going to bring the right uh, director producers oh, yeah. and everything it's going to come full circle and it's going to be a tri- it, it's going to come it happened to angie thomas too because when it's, she was on the exactly. show she was talking about the same thing because she mm-hmm. her agent her book agent found her on just saw one of her tweets on twitter wow and that's how she ended up getting you know the hate you give how that ended up getting out there and then the, on the movie almost started out the same way wow. so like you said that bullet that went in your foot is a sign that good things are coming it's coming and yeah. i'm not rushing it the yeah. right person gonna come along and and help me, but in the meantime, I'm going to continue working. See, when I get bullets in my foot, they're usually self-inflicted. <laughs> so that's usually me just shooting myself in the foot. But, right. Tommy, it is great to see you, of course. And uh, how can people get in touch with you? My social media, my Instagram is Arthur Tommy Mabry. That's my first and last name, Tommy Mabry. My website is www. TommyMabry.com. That's T-O-M-M-I-E. That's important. Yeah. And we're going to get you on conversations, too. We and My producer doesn't know it yet, but we're going to get you on the TV show as well because, man, I like hanging out with you. It's awesome Thank to you. see you again. Hey, it's a pleasure, man. I love you all, too. We'll have to do it quicker in two years. I'll Uh-oh. get you back on. Yeah, I'll be back. <laughs> all right. Good deal. All right. Now you're talking this production of MP Think Radio and, of course, is produced by the amazing and the wonderful and the fantastic Michelle McAdoo. Of course, coming up next is Southern Remedy. I'm Marshall Ramsey. I'm heading to the Give Awards to give away an MC, a great contest, and a lot of great Mississippians as well. This is Now You're Talking. We'll see you all next, well, next Monday.